онлайн не съжения. Uh, I'm 34 at the moment. Um, my first meeting with Andrew was here. You should help me there. Um, was it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first ever, about four years. Ever when I found out that there was an impact and mm -hmm. my first meeting with Andrew was in the year. First time you met me, I don't really remember, but I would say it's at least four years. Okay, four or five years ago. So now it's 2022, mm -hmm. four or five years later. Mm, I am an impact. I work as a doctor in the field of anesthesiology and um, ICU, emergency medicine as a whole. And um, I'm from Bulgaria. And um, I'm speaking today again with Andrew because I feel like um, I came full circle uh, since four or five years ago. I started talking to him about being an empath and um, being an empath uh, in my professional sphere, uh, especially. And I I feel today like I um, am a whole different person because I'm maybe the most stable I have ever been and emotionally and professionally and more um, the most balanced I have ever been. Mm. Yes. Wow. And that's very new to me. And it didn't come from... Um, loving dead or dying people or um, embracing uh, being an empath in the dark side. It came from embracing being an empath in the light side, um, embracing being an empath, loving life and loving myself. So today I wanted to speak, especially to Andre, because I think um, that's the first time in my life I have being both sides um, as an empath in the dark side, in dying in that world, and empath in the light side, in life and love. Fantastic. Wow, that's unique experience. Yeah, I'm trying to reflect the last call we had a year and a half ago. You were in a very dark place, and that's the last I heard from you. So you seem to have made a significant change. Of course, uh, it's, it's crucial. It's um, 30, 360 degrees change. Okay. For the past five years, I've been on the dark um, side and I've been um, destructive, self-destructive empath towards myself and very productive towards others. And um, the whole process was very draining for me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm um, controlling it. I'm, I found the center and I found a um, point of um, break, uh, breaking point. Okay. So, yeah, I'm very curious to hear 
sure a lot of people would be curious to hear how you did it. What helped you shift in such a significant way? What helped me shift was um, the um, reaching the bottom of being uh, there for others and not for myself and um, being out destructive all the way and not having a life at all. Um, social, cultural, personal, love life and um, not having any me time and so on. And um, being so there for others and especially working um, was so draining that I found myself, I wasn't existing at all as me and in my life or even just existing, feeling alive. Mm -hmm. And um, when I reached that point of um, total exhaustion, I started to lift from the bottom and started to want to live an experienced life itself. Can you elaborate a little bit on what happened when you were at rock bottom? It sounds like you hit like the absolute lowest you could have gone. Yeah. What happened when you were there? Mm. Well, I felt that and I felt um that that is my comfort zone of mine. And it um, turned to be a way of living for me for years, for a decade almost. And I just um, stopped wanting to be there. Hmm. So in a way it was almost as simple as just making an internal decision that sort of enough was enough of being where you were. Excuse me? In a way, it sounds like when you got to the rock bottom, it was kind of really as simple as a decision you made in yourself to no longer want to be there. Yes, that's simple, but it took me a decade, so it was hard. Yes. Yeah, what stands out to me, it wasn't like some special therapy or any particular drugs you took or any particular no, things. No. It was just you deciding that after a decade, enough was enough. Yes. It, it's exactly what, like you said, enough is enough. And then what happened? And then I started to fear life. And I started to realize that I am not prepared to live because I forgot to live. What does it mean to, to fear life? What, did, what was that like for you? Mm. Being responsible for my life and myself, for the decisions I'm making, 
for the life I want, for the life I have, uh, saying uh, you're not okay with your life and yourself, but it's only your problem. Mm. You're the reason you're okay or you're not okay. You're the reason why you love your life or you don't. That's being responsible. Mm. Yeah, you would. I, I realize that um, I feel dead or I feel uh, autodestructive uh, and I'm at rock bottom because I want to. And I said to myself, why do you feel that uh, dying is a comfort zone? Um, and um, the answer was because there is an emotional connection there because of my grandmother that passed away. And then I said to myself, well, you're an impact, but you can live without the emotional connection. Mm, that that's something that sounds like worth exploring so you you realize so you know you're an empath but you, you did you say you can live without the emotional connection yes what does that mean i can switch it on and off oh it's like a door i'm entering and a door that's closing um, a space that I can um, consciously decide to be in for as long as I want to be in and leave. Like a room. Life and death are like rooms. You can enter and you can leave and you can have connection with both of them. And the connection itself is love. And um, love is inside me. I realized uh, when, I, when I decided to pull away from the dying process, emo the, that emotional connection, I started to realize I don't have anyone to have an emotional connection in my everyday life all the time. Mm -hmm. One particular person. And then I said to myself, okay, you're not alone in the room because the love itself is in you. So you can find something to love in the room. So I went and bought a um, cactus. A cactus? Yes. Okay. <laughs> And I, I, I brought it with me. I um, put it in the room and I said, I can love the cactus. So here is an emotional connection of love and life in the room. It shouldn't be only about the dying person all the time. Why? I can have um, uh, life in the room also, not only a dying person, and it's okay. It's okay to have both. I can have a cat, I can have a dog, I can have roses or some kind of flowers. 
Interesting. So it's like yes. the realization that you could essentially- They can live together both hand by hand. Uh, I mean, hand in hand, uh, life and death in the room. And it's okay. Hmm. So that was, that was the first shift in realizing it wasn't so polarized. It wasn't only about death. You could have death and life you could be connected to. Yes, because it's not about the person on the other side. It's about the love in me. Mm. Tell me more about the love in you. What is, how is that so important? Well, it's the foundation of uh, existing um, in death or life. Because even in the dying space or with the dying people or the dead people, there is only love. In life itself, there is only love. Me being an empath uh, feels and expresses love through an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And uh, that emotional connection, uh, it's not uh, only one or it shouldn't be only one or only one all the time and this and this starting point that is that what led you in towards a better space these sound like little breadcrumbs you were like making little discoveries in yourself yeah, and so I, I enclosed it, the space and uh, room and door and time of dying, being as a career, a professional path, uh, and so on. And life um, can be in my home, can be outside on the beach with my friends or with my family or whatever. Mm -hmm. Certain times, certain place, certain people, um, different uh, emotional connection, but same feeling of love, um, life and death. Um, they're almost the same thing. Hmm. It's a, it really sounds like it freed you up to be able to. Yeah, it's like. Hmm? It really sounds like it freed you up to be able to connect with almost anything then from this new realization yes because um that was a child's um, trauma uh, because the grandmother should be in the room so i can have love and it turned into an adult who said um i can give love freely and willingly and unconditionally and whenever i decide so um I can reach whenever I want to, to whomever or whatever I want to. Um, I can buy a flower, I can get a pet, I can have a new friend, I can go to my family. Um, the feeling of love is um, something that an adult should um, walk as a path, hmm. like a personal choice.
Hmm. The child is always waiting for a hug, for a kiss, for a warm feeling, for being told it is loved or adored or just um, feels um, seen and accepted. The adult can uh, find all those um, needs in many different things and people. Consciously. Mm-hmm. So is that the key then to wait to get to have gotten to where you are now in feeling? Yes. Yes, because I uh, I was searching for all those things as an adult uh, in the dying process, in the dying people, in my lost grandmother, in that memory and in that hope in the trauma and that's okay and that's a part of my life and a part of me now but that's not the whole of me that's not everything that i am i have also a light side i have um i have very positive powerful lively powers in me also I'm not only black and dark. Mm -hmm. I can get on the other side of the spectrum and experience life. And when I don't have a connection emotionally with something in life or someone in my life, I can always go and... um, have it with the dying person or the person who can die. Right. Yeah, I, I remember previously when we spoke, your only form of deep, meaningful connection was with people that were dying. Now I have it with the cactus. <laughs> the cactus, exactly. You have it with a cactus, but it also sounds like you can, you have it with almost anything that you choose. Yes. And that's the power of the empath. How, how is that the power of the empath? Well, uh, other people who are not as emotional and sensitive um, and loving and needing the connection as the empaths can't do that. To not put words in your mouth, what what can't they do exactly? Well, they can't um, uh, form the connection. They they can say, I love the flower or I love the dog, but that's um, consuming. That's a need they feel in themselves. That's not uh, making a connection and absorbing and healing um the other person or living thing um, as a whole i think i see that's not embracing 100 percent um the other um the living thing that is on the other side that's like maybe they are like giving 50 percent or something like that or maybe less within their capacity 
Yes. And with their uh, borders and um, stigmas and uh, and uh, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to get um, that would hurt me. That would uh, make me feel bad. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to go there. He's feeling sad that his problem. Uh, that kind of enclosure that uh, most people do, the mass do, the impact um, is 100% open and can feel anything and isn't afraid to feel anything. Even the feelings of a person who is dying. Mm -hmm. Even the feelings of pain and sadness and loneliness. And uh, the empath has the power to embrace it and to connect emotionally and to uh, feel it and not be afraid. Yeah, I, I can I can understand how empaths can have a greater capacity to connect with more maybe facets of their being with another living thing. Yes, whether it's a they're stronger or that or way. An empath die and um, reincarnate or um, come from the ashes like a phoenix, like that. Hmm. How strong an impact is. Most people, mass, the mass is afraid uh, that uh, if they feel something or too much, uh, they won't uh, make it true. So they don't. It sort of sounds like you're saying empaths have like a deeper resource or power in some way to get through more difficult things. Yes. Okay. So, firstly, I'm very happy you're in a better place. That is, thank you. Firstly, lovely to hear. Me too. And, um, yeah, there are there are fairly frequently people that connect with our community initially in a difficult place and they don't like being an empath or they're struggling to a significant degree and i'm kind of wondering given everything we just spoke about what would be your suggestions to them Well, I have a few advices. Um, advice number one is um, every day, always uh, try to find me time. Uh, advice number two is have emotional connection with um, a net of people or a net of living things you love. Nature, friends, family, relatives, uh, pets. It shouldn't be only one. Uh, 
They shouldn't depend only on their love partner or husband or wife or whatever. Uh, it should be a net of living things and people. And um, if they don't have that, uh, they can always find that connection and that uh, suiting feeling in nature. Yes. Yeah, I agree. In flora and fauna. Flora and fauna, yes. Yes. Like the cactus. Yes. I love, I love the simplicity of how you started your whole shift in realizing you, you can connect to other beings and you started with a cactus. Yes. I started with the crystal. Oh. Yeah. The, before the cactus, the, there was a rock kind of a crystal. I think it was sapphirometist or something like that from the non-living nature, as they say. But um, I felt connected to it also. Hmm. The rock. Yeah. And then I shifted to the cactus. And from there, I went to a kid uh, in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So I have more friends right now. And I am uh, really trying to have a bigger circle of friends and have a better connection with my relatives and family also. Mm. That's the net I'm talking about. Yes. And I'll spend more time in nature. Uh, on the sea, on the beach. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sea person. Mm -hmm. Advice number three would be uh, when you're in the dark or in the dark spectrum, um, remember always that you can leave it like that whenever you want, that you're enough emotionally powerful to do that. Being an empath, you can live and you can die in two seconds and you can do that. No problem. Hmm. Uh, don't be afraid uh, to experience love um, in the dark side and in the light side. Ah, so, yeah, okay. I didn't understand it for a sec, but I think what you're saying is don't be afraid to accept love into your life, whether you're in a dark place or in a good place. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, there is no difference between loving a living person and a dying person. Mm. The love is still limitless and it's still there. That's beautiful. That, that, that for me stands out as the key like realization you had 
in reflecting on past conversations that you've it almost felt like the only way you could feel like a loving connection was with the dying person and realizing it can be with a crystal or a cactus and friends or a cat or a cat People. i agree <laughs> yeah um, it opens you up to essentially all of life yes exactly because beyond life and death there is only love hmm. the reality of it all that's beautiful wow that's a really i think a perfect apex of the conversation um on where to leave this for now so thank you for your story I, I think particularly after your last podcast it was so you're in such a dark place it, it's very um it's a word like satisfying and rewarding for me too in some way that you've made this significant shift so well done thank you for everything you're welcome i'm really glad we got to connect again yeah yeah, I certainly feel I can feel myself a lot lighter now after this <laughs> podcast and the last one. I had to do a bit of clearing and rebalancing of myself. So this it's contrast is beautiful in that way. I realize I'm I'm learning to appreciate it more when things don't seem as great because I can appreciate the things which are lighter later much more. Okay. Well, thank okay. you. Thank you.